y'all. Um, man, skills, danger, my pen line, EB. I give all three of y'all mad love, mad respect because y'all are like cream of the crop MCs as far as VA is concerned, man. <laughs> hey, yo, let me tell y'all something. All three of y'all, um, man, skills, danger, my pen line, EB. I give all three of y'all mad love, mad respect because y'all are like cream of the crop MCs as far as VA is concerned, man. Yo, man, that's nice. And that's, and that's, that take, that's, that's big coming from you because I know you hear it all. Yeah, I hear it all, B. It all. It, and come, it all come through here. Y'all make a brother proud, man. Right. You know, I hear cats from other places. I'll be like, yeah, they all right, but you can't get with the VA. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No Matter doubt, man. It's all about we got to show each other love, man. That's you know what I'm saying? Is. We got to one hand feed the other. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, hey, yo, no. well, I want y'all to show me some love right now. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm going to jump on these turntables. <laughs> I just want y'all to flow. I mean, all of y'all are known for, for your niceness with the freestyle. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just want y'all to rip right. it. I'm going to keep the beats flowing for yeah. you. Y'all do your thing, all right? No Right. For big love. What? What? Come right. on. Super, Super friends. friends. What? Uh, uh, 103 jams. Yeah. Right. Yo, yo, uh -huh. I be the Virginia rap renegade, the mic technician. You wanna start something? Call me when the keys in ignition. <laughs> you in VA waters? You got the nerve to be fishing? Boys to men, trying to count me out like new addition. But listen, no ball ishing. When I start spitting, the rapper to think he going next. Start having premonitions. Uh -huh. Let's be frank. If I let off the range is blank. What? Well, eat that. Now you might believe it is stink. Battling me, Gary Payton could D up. Uh -huh. I do you in two and send you back to your whole effing crew to re up. Comparisons are like pellet guns, the automatics when it's static. I keep my heat rays like an addict, the flow's all. I stitch it, I get it sewn for. Uh -huh. I don't rap regular, I leave tracks with golden bars. I'm wow. top seated, while y'all out there getting weeded. I'm jumping the crowd and smacking rappers, no ID need. Jaws <laughs> happen, sickness, raw, no doubt. Get on the list if you want, get that butt wiped out. Off the roof, sniped uh -huh. out, rhymes yeah. is humming. Yeah. So if you had yeah. a face left, yeah. I'd ask you yeah. if you saw the yeah. it's coming. You like what? a brother in a shootout what? with a gun, they go click, uh -huh. click. No bullets shouldn't have pulled it, now you thump like a thick chick. God is my witness. Any microphone I grab, I rip it and scream Southside when I'm finished. Yeah. Lonnie Battle, yeah, I'm a legend in my own time. Write my own rhymes, make my own tracks, the whole nine, the unsigned gold uh -huh. mine. Your girl got big hands, you join the small, so when it come time, she hold mine. They call me Long Dong. Brothers quote my songs from Beijing to Hong Kong. Suck yeah. it, suck it, got the flows of a pro. Hold right. the status of a rookie, eat your tail up like I do some good smelling. What? <laughs> top top is what I say to baby brothers who bust raps and about to blow up. So when you see me, step the back. What? I'm a freak, so what's that? Your girl, uh-huh. When I come through and flip it off for the top, I right. drop like I did from Juggernaut. Lonnie B blowing up, I did. That's when I went to the pen, cause they found ten ice cold whack rapper booties in my ice bin. A nice friend, nice Tyson when Mike's uh -huh. in my sights, men get sliced and diced and tossed like rice what? at weddings. Do you uh -huh. take this rhyme that you're getting to love and to honor and obey in any setting? I do, no regretting, why do? Uh -huh. You keep letting what? the newspaper heading advertise another verbal what? shredding. I got you wedding, your betting, but why you being? Hey, I'ma clone a million MCs from my DNA. Uh -huh. Then I'ma put them in the place to leave my mark what? on the world and call it yo, your ass yo, kick part. Man, Skill, self-proclaimed VA rap guard. Whatever you kick, I can catch it and run it back a hundred yards. The way people jock my demeanor, I'm putting out a new tape dupe and it's coming equipped with a head cleaner. For CZ, I'm nicer than you, son, believe me. Matter of fact, you should just ask me when you see me. The spot you ask me in, I'ma drop you there. I rock unfair, I can get it open like it ain't no lock there. Uh -huh. So any rapper test me, let's make this clear. I'ma make your parents do it backwards so your mic disappear. While you talking, I'm moving tapes like Yayo. Uh -huh. While you on some girl stuff like Ford Jeep and a Paseo. 
mad skills. I run the joint, and I can handle your whole squad. Sound like Bubba Chuck on point. So Lonnie B, uh -huh. what? If you down with me, you got yeah. your raps in the VA for the MIC. Yeah. If you got what it take to take me, come and face me. Talking all that rah-rah shit, player, you crazy? Your rhymes don't phase me. I'll stick to you like a chick who used 69 when she pays me. They go for all of y'all who ever tried to play me. I'll shut your whole project down like JV. Right. If they ask who you battling, you better not say me. I'll have you nah. screaming like your lady. Ask AD. He heard me, me banging her. She thought that I was Jay-Z because she was failing it. No if fans or maybe. Grinding to the beat, ripping it. Bag your mouth, come through and start ripping it. Yeah, yo, up from the dungeon, the mouth emerges to shock the world like electrical surges. Uh -huh. And take those urges of rocking Mike's nervous. Uh -huh. It's me, danger mouth, at your service. Uh -huh. Ask yourself, do you what? deserve this? Are you what? really worthy? Oh, oh, not observe me. Hey, folks, make quotes, take notes quick. I take hopes, break throats, make folks sick. Partner, Sonny, oh no, I got you, babe. And I don't share, I'm stingy. Comparing me to you is like Cujo to Benji. Cold train to Kenji, that ish offends me. Hypothetically, let's pretend, see, you kill me, still, G. Uh -huh. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode, a special live episode of the 757 Renaissance Man Podcast. And today, this man needs no introduction. I'm going to bring in my partner, Danger Mouth. How you doing today, sir? I don't need an introduction. Wow. Bro, what you, how you single-handedly, you and the Super Friends claim you're hip-hop pioneers from Virginia. If it weren't from you guys, I don't know if they... Like like Maskin's uh, first album. From where? From where? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you guys are definitely pioneers when, you know, we were doing it. Like, I just thank can't. You. I, I, thank I, you, Sean. I, I think, thank you, Sean. Come on. Bro. But we, but we here right now. But we, we here right now. <laughs> right. Me and you. We, we here. We here. We here. You know what it is. I appreciate you having me on this show. I appreciate that. No, and I, I love I love the intro, man. Rest in peace, DJ Law. You know, try to take it back to the history, bro, and let them know where where it started. You know, the Buddha Brothers was a big deal. You know, we had the Buddha Brothers, and it was Lonnie B in Richmond. Yeah, yeah so we had sure. the whole little area locked. So I, I sure, appreciate man. that. So look, me and you, we go back to Norfolk State. How about that? Behold. Behold the green. Behold. You know what, bro? Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Just for the people. You got drops and stuff. You got you got goodies. First of all, I'm having a little camera envy. I just want to let you know that. You got a nice vocal on you. You got a lot. I, I'm checking your camera. I appreciate that, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> but look, I'm going to take you back like this. Okay. Hey. Hey, somebody got a book up. <laughs> Am I on beat with it? Somebody got it. I'm about behind. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you can. Hey, look, you shout can. out to Terry Butler. 
Yeah. Shout out to Terry, yes. Butler. Out to Terry Butler, man. Terry Butler is the originator of somebody got a boogie in their nose. And I was I was there for it. <laughs> I go back farther than you. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I remember being a rookie and you uh you you helping me out there. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, you taking me back, man. Well I don't you know that goes back. I don't say how many years. We don't have to say. We only have to say, right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of years. We ain't got to tell any names and any uh, ages right now. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good, man. Blessed to be here, man. Yeah. So um, how was, how did your experience in the band and being in Norfolk State, how did that help shape you um, to become the man that you became? Well, first of all, uh, when I was here in Richmond, you know, like a lot of kids, like my like my kids, they don't know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I did not know what I wanted to do, and I ended up going to J. Sargent Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a great professor at J. Sargent Reynolds that told me I needed to go to a black school, mm-hmm. a black university. And he said at the time that Norfolk State had open admissions. You know, you mm-hmm. can apply. And so I applied. I got a band, a band scholarship. Uh, so Norfolk State really helped me to transition from, you know, not really knowing what to do to actually doing something. And once I got there, I got with, of course, the band was always a great experience. Got with Dr. Carl Haywood, one of my mentors to this day. He's still like the grandfather to my kids. Um, So, you know, we we stay in touch. We we see each other all the time. So Norfolk State was really a pivotal point for me in in growing up and just having that experience, man. I, I I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, those were, I didn't know about discipline. Well, I knew about discipline, but I never felt discipline until I got to that position. And, you know, I I tell people a lot of times, if you can make it in the Legion, you can do anything you want to put your mind to. Look, I still call it, call these dudes knuckleheads, man. I I still put it on, you know, because when we was, that's the pledge for the, for the band. You know, knuckleheads. Yeah. So I still use that term, and, and I was telling my kids that the reason why I hover, or the reason why I never walk places, right. is because of the band. Like it's always a little pep in my step when you're going places, and that it just comes from being in the band. You know, just <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So then, then were you performing before you came to college? Yeah, I, I was rapping in high school. Shout out to Bill McGee. He was my band director in high school. He was a friend of my father that I didn't really know at the time, but we, we connected together at John F. Kennedy High School. And that's when I was like, yo, man, help me out. Show me how to do that. Show me how to make the beats. Show me how to do something. So I actually started making music before I got to Norfolk State. And while I was at Norfolk State, I was still trying to participate and do music, but I would only really come home and record on during breaks, like Christmas break, Easter break. And that was one of the requirements that Bill McGee had set for me. He was like, yo, you got to go to school uh, if you want if you want me to work with you. So that was good that I went to Norfolk State for that. At the same time, he, he came down to Elizabeth City State. And he, he began to run the engineering department there for music engineering. Mm-hmm. And he started that. So he's the first person to, to come down there and get that program started at Elizabeth City. Uh, so I was able to go there and record in the big studio, but really, I mean, the songs weren't getting weren't getting reviewed well. People was calling me corny. They were comparing me to Will Smith. 
you know, all through that time period because I was making clean rap, but it, it just wasn't, it wasn't good. So it really wasn't until after Norfolk State that Danger Mouth kind of came about. And some of that came from a meeting with Wyclef and Lauren and the Fugees when they came down to, actually came to Elizabeth City State. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them back in the cypher, you know, that reminded me of what really, you know, hip hop was about and the core thing, because I was making songs in college, right? But I wasn't being a rapper. I wasn't being an MC. So that's like polishing your skills and being sharp in your flow and all of that and, and really concentrating on your presentation. So it wasn't until after that came back to Richmond and kind of regrouped. And I'm like, I'm out of college now. And then graduated, it's like, what you gonna do? You can't spend all your time trying to be a rapper. You're gonna have to buckle in and make it happen or go get this job. So fortunately, I was able to work on that at home. Awesome. Yeah, man. So before we get into it, I wanna let the people know that we will be doing a couple of giveaways during the live tonight. And to get your giveaway, you have to put a hashtag in the comments. And we're going to hashtag link in the comments, L-I-N-Q. Link provided us with promotional um, swag to give you guys. Um, hey. If you're not familiar with Link, basically it's a contactless business card. You know, in these days of COVID, we don't want to be touching on stuff and touching on other people. <laughs> but business don't stop. So to get your contact out there, they can just scan your little bracelet, scan your little card or your uh-huh. disc, and go right to your phone and have that information. So to be entered into the contest, just leave a comment and hashtag link. Can I type in it? Can I put it in? Yeah, bro. Or is it, <laughs> did you, cause you didn't hit me with the, you know, the claws before I came on. Guess. I'm- you know, no, you could. I'm the only one that can't win. So go ahead. <laughs> Owners and the guests are not eligible to win the prizes. <laughs> so my question to you is, how did you come up with the name Danger Mouth? Hmm. All right. So I was sitting watching TV after at home, Gulf State, 1994, and I heard somebody say, call somebody Danger Mouth on TV, you know, because they were talking too much or they were doing too much. So they call him Danger Mouth. And so I kind of started, no, they call him Mighty Mouth. Mm-hmm. Call him Mighty Mouth. And so then I said, well, what are all the, the mouses, the Mighty Mouse, Danger Mouse? And I just said, you know, why don't we try out Danger Mouth? So I went for a, a period of time where I used to just walk up and talk to people that was around me and say, yo, you heard that rapper named Danger Mouth? Because I wanted to see if it was corny or, right. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of vet it a little bit to see <laughs> End of the day, it, it was cool. It was, and back then, nobody spelled anything correctly because that's when Busta Rhymes and nobody wrote anything out. So I had to spend time paying for that. Right. <laughs> but that's so the way it was. Tell me, how did the the legend of the Super Friends begin? Were you did you guys all grow up together? Was it intentional? How did that? How was that born? I like how you phrase that, man. Like it's a it's a legend. The backstory, uh, <laughs> the origin the, story, the origin story of the Super Friends. So the origin story of the Super Friends is WDCE radio station in Richmond, Virginia, which was the University of Richmond's radio station. Mike Street had a radio show 
on University of Richmond, and it was the place where anybody who was spitting in Richmond would come through because they had a freestyle clinic at the end. And so when they played hip hop during his show, and at the end, you could get on and rhyme. So when I got back, one of the, the advice that Wyclef had given me was to find the people in your area that are doing it, the people that are really about it, the people that are really good. And I knew I had to come back and find skills. Even though we went to high school together, you know, we weren't real close. We kind of knew each other. But I knew skills was at the radio station with Street. And me and Street were, were good friends. So I used to come up to the station and just rhyme at the end and spend a lot of time not really getting noticed, you know, like so. But I just kept coming back every week working on rhymes. And it wasn't until, you know, you could tell when you really start doing something, people start noticing. So I got better. And so basically everybody who was in the Super Friends from the start basically passed through that radio station. So one day we were at the movies, we was hanging out after the station, you know, me, Kalanji the Immortal, Ani B, or Skills. It was originally like nine, about 11 Super Friends. So, but they were really just, it's kind of like, um, what do you call them? Like, not tribe, but what's tribes click? Uh, native tongue. Native tongue. So it was kind of like native tongue. Oh, so everybody in the in the crew was, weren't rappers. So you had DJs like Street, DJ Mark, uh, but you had rappers like Kalanji and, and Who, Javon the Medieval, Speed is Twan, you know, cats that were, at the radio station and we made up this unit. In December of 1996, we recorded the first record that the Super Friends put out, it was called Falcon. Okay. So, and that that was pretty much how it, it got started. So what did you guys record? Was it all locally in Richmond? Uh, mostly at my spot. You know, we had yeah, because that was one of the things I did have from working with Bill McGee is I did have equipment. And that was one of the things I was trying to use at the radio station to get people to come like me and come to my house. Because I had an ADAT at the time and a computer with a sequencer on it and, and rolling S550. I mean, this was, this was like in 97. This was 95, 96, you know, so... That's what we were working with. So that's how I was getting back to the career to come record. So, uh, yeah, and after Bill McGee came back, he from Elizabeth, North Carolina, then he set up a studio in River Tiles in Richmond. So we would either be there or my house. Yeah. So back then, like, you had to be really intentional when it came to making hip-hop because hip-hop was at an at age where I'd like to say that you guys are like the second second generation of hip hop. Like the first generation was the eighties, you know, originated in the seventies, but the first generation of it actually getting out was like in the eighties. And then in the nineties, hip hop start taking shape, start taking form. But so one of the things I think the kids have nowadays was they have the where technology has become affordable and accessible when then like you had to go and hustle to get your equipment and now you can just amazon you whatever <laughs> you need and you got you a studio 
So with that said, did, you know, do you think that kind of sharpened your skills because the grind had to be harder because it was harder? Well, it was definitely different to do it, just like with everything else. Technology came along, made it different to DJ. It was you had to have different things to produce back then. You didn't have as much time to sample. And those limitations talk about it all the time. Some of those limitations were they supplemented the creativity because now you have a zillion sounds to pick from. You have all of this stuff. And, and so back then you had to really use what you had. And so that's what sampling from records you know, was the thing. <laughs> and you know, so the equipment that you had to have back then, you also you, you had to invest in yourself. Right. And it and it also so it separated those who were about it. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get your song to DJs, you had to press up vinyl. You had to spend money on things that made it more intentional. That it was it's just different from today. And I never slam technology. It brings more opportunity. You know, kids today have a different problem because now it's so saturated that, you know, because everybody can make a song. Now you have to try to break out of the pack. But back then, if you were a recording artist and you were able to to get your equipment, um, a lot of the equipment that I got came from, came after the deal with Missy. That's when we really got to upgrade. We were on, we were on ADAS, but, uh, fast forward to there. That's when we really had a great studio. All right, we're gonna get on to Missy in a minute. Yeah. But I think I'm going to. This is give you guys a couple seconds more. I'm gonna do my first drawing, and uh, I think we're gonna give away a dot. So what the dot is? NFC chip. Stick it on the back of your phone. Link it to your link account. Somebody comes up to you, say, hey, bro, touch my phone, get your information. So I am going to do, let's do that. All right. All right. So what's up, man? Did you put your, you put yours in? No, I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to do that. Come on, bro. Jump on in there. What? So if I put it in there in the chat, it's going to, it's going to pick. Yeah, I feel you. awful if they pick me. <laughs> I feel everybody awful. gets it's America. Everybody gets a chance. Nah, I don't even. I honestly, don't even see it. I would have to go to the live. I don't even see it. So let's just just let's just move. Just all right, all right. let somebody let's, get it. Let's do the first one. Give y'all a couple seconds to get up in there. <laughs> and here comes the draw. Oh, that's dope. Okay, StreamYard. My man, Pedro. You set it up, man. He should have got it. He was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pedro. Pedro, hit me with your address. Um, you can DM me on Facebook, Instagram. You know how to get at me. This is yours, Pedro. Congratulations. Yeah, bro. Technology. Cool stuff, man. I love technology. I got to embrace it. You know, people it made it possible for a lot of people to do a lot of things easier. Now, because now I got rid of all of that stuff. You just got a laptop. Kind of levels the playing fields. But it's, it's everything right now. You can, Your laptop can be 
You know, you can be a radio station. You can be a video production company. You can, it levels, it's all in what you want to do. That's why I get frustrated with kids nowadays because you have the opportunity. You just got to get off your butt and, and get it. Just go get it. Man, like one of the biggest things when I was coming up and learning from Bill McGee is he would say, read the book. So I'd be in the studio, like, I know he knows how to do this. I can't figure out this thing. He'd be like, read the manual. I'm like, y'all don't understand it right now. You can literally type anything in Google and it's going to come up on YouTube. It's going to tell you exactly like this information age right now, anything you want to know how to do, somebody's giving you the game on how to do it. So now people still talking about somebody looking out for them or hooking them up. I'm like, man, you have as much opportunity as anybody right now to make it happen for yourself. And mm -hmm. you want to, people still come talking about getting put on the radio. Mm -hmm. Can you help me get on the radio? Like, is that still a thing? Cause you could start your own station. You could be your That's own right thing. <laughs> yeah. You just gotta just make a hit. If you make a hit, things will get easier for you. I, I, I promise you that I yeah, see both sides of it. I, I fuss with my kids about that, especially since, you know, the whole COVID thing and they were at home doing virtual school. I couldn't see me being home with a computer, with the access that they have no. and not getting straight A's. How could you not? Yo, it's it's there. It's, it's no excuses anymore to not knowing something. That's why you said when you asked me about it, I said, I'll know about it in just a second. Yeah, right. Might ask me about it. You know what? What you know what that is? I said, um, yep. Yep. Sure, I sure do. I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna give a do another giveaway in a few minutes. I'm gonna put the hashtag back up. But while I'm doing that, tell me how you linked up with Missy. Wow. Okay. So um, Missy Elliott, the Missy Elliott story came after a long thing. I'm not trying to give a long, long story, but Missy Elliott came after the Aaliyah remix was on on radio. Mm -hmm. So in backing all of that up, the Aaliyah remix was actually, it's actually given credit as the first unofficial remix. Mm -hmm. And so originally I was writing the track for a mixtape here in Richmond by a guy named DJ Reese. And DJ Reese did a mixtape with a lot of the MCs in Richmond called 50 Tongues, 100 Lungs. And so a lot of the, the rappers were on it and we were going to be on it. All the super friends were on it, Skills, Lonnie, and myself. So I wanted to rap over something different and I had picked that beat, but I didn't really want anybody to know because it wasn't a hip hop beat. So I felt conscious about whether or not somebody was going to like it. So I remember having it in the Walkman and, and not one Lonnie or Skills, anybody to check it out. But when I wrote the verse, I didn't want to be like Bone Thugs. Back in, in those days, 98, this was before Biggie was double timing. And when he did it, he did it with Bone Thugs. You know, this was before a lot of people was, if you were fast rapping on a track, you were from Chicago, like Twister, Midwest. Midwest mm -hmm. You know, so that was like, that was their lane. So as a rapper, you really didn't want to rap like them. You know, I was still identifying with East Coast. So I didn't want a double time rap, you know, I was conscious about it. So I was trying to hip skip across the beat and not, and not rap like that. So I let skills hear it. He was like, yo, that's crazy. You gotta let me get a verse on it. Skills put a verse on it. We sent it to Timberland. 
the time skills was signed to Timberland. So the original first time it got played on the radio, uh, Mike Street here in Richmond, he was very responsible for how that song, how that got turned into the Aaliyah remix. Because when I brought it to him, he told me to take the intro off where I was saying, shouting out DJ Reese on it. <laughs> he said, you know, if you put there, if you put it in behind the song, I'll play it. That was Mike Street. So I hadn't thought to put it that way until Street said it. Um, then Skills got on it. We sent it to Timberland. Timberland didn't bite on it. He just was like, okay. Uh, then by that Sunday, we got Lonnie on it. And we just put it on the radio. Just let it, let it rock here. But when Mike Street would play it, he would say, this is the Super Friend remix of Are You That Somebody? And I was like, man, you can't really say that, can you? But why not? not selling it you know and at the time you're thinking that man if you jump on something like that's like you can't just take the record and i remember after it got played radio stations and people were asking for it a lot and the label had to actually bds it you know as to send it to them and they had to bds it because they were playing it and when it hit new york and got to funk flex it was over mm-hmm. you know he was dropping bombs on it. i remember my cousin called me and she was like, yo, your song is on up here. And Flex was just dropping the bomb. He kept taking my verse back to the top. I thought it was crazy because, I mean, he was just never got to the singing. Mm-hmm. And he did that for like 15 minutes. It was like, oh. see the flows that I come with. It just kept coming back. I was like, yo, this is crazy. It's crazy. Like, it's just my verse. And I rap. That's why I rap for like 24 bars at the beginning because it was just me for the mixtape. So that's all it was. It was just me, my, my first on the mixtape. So after that, that's when all the cool stuff happened. And since it was on the radio in New York, I heard that Jay-Z and Clue was on the plane with Missy and they were congratulating her on her new artist with Onelia Remix. Uh-huh. And so she got off the plane, called Skills and said, I need his number. Nice. And so she called she called me that night. I was in the bed. I got about the bed. You know, somebody called you at like three o'clock in the morning talking about this is Missy. Like, oh. But you know it was Missy. You know it's Missy. I was like, <laughs> so she said she wanted to hear me rap regular. Okay. So I, I rap for her. And then, you know, I got signed to her label. And Missy was great. You know, uh, she wasn't the best label owner. You know, so if you look at the history of her record label, Goldmine, you know, so, but she was nice enough to let me get off the label after a while. You know, I was, I was 30, you know, and I, looking back, it was, it was great to perform with Aaliyah, but I was trying to get back in the studio with Timberland. And you're talking about people who, you think, just think back then. I was actually responsible for Eminem getting on the album with Missy. Okay. So, because Eminem was an underground rapper, just like I was. He was still going through the same channels that I was going through. And I was telling her, like, this dude is dope. You need to check him out. So, she checked him out, all right, and she put him on an album. And I still got, I got a shout out in his first in his first album credits nice. for that, nice. which, was, which was dope, too. But, I mean, it was a great time. I had no regrets from it. It's just that I think that when I always focus on that time, I was a hip hop rapper, right? Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that second generation of hip hop. 
that 90s, that, that joint gets split up once you start to get mid 90s. Mm-hmm. That's when Bad Boy started and it was a shift. So you have this backpack hip hop 90s that you gotta put in a whole different crate if you play in 90s. So if you play in 90s, it's a whole set of hip hop that doesn't get the spins I mean, in the 757. Y'all always, y'all always keep it keep it gully with the uh, with hip hop, but it, it don't fall in their 90s set. Like talking about, you're not getting to uh, Helter Skelter, man. <laughs> you know some some of that stuff in the 90s set. So, you know some of those records got lost. But I was what I was gonna say was I was a '90s backpack rapper, and I just spit on a commercial record, and then they wanted me to do it again. And so, I mean, if you give me the same type of beat, I do it again. I was I was doing it, but I wasn't ludicrous at the time. And I felt like when I when I look back, like I was instead of getting the, uh, you know, I wanted to be put in the studio with Missy. Mm-hmm. But as a part of the deal, what we what we did was we negotiated to get her to put studio equipment to take the advance, some of the advance so we could buy studio equipment. So we got the best ADATs, we got mics, we got all that stuff. But we were still in Richmond working on music, sending it to her. And she was kind of like, nah, nah, nah. you know, it was like so the few times that I got in the studio with her, it wasn't that same combination of getting with Timberland with her producing it. It's just they were busy. Yeah. And but at that time in the 90s, the late 90s, most of the music that was coming out was coming out of Virginia. It was yeah. either them or it was Pharrell and Chad. So, Definitely. yeah, they were busy in the 90s. <laughs> Yo, they were, real, they were real busy. And so when it got to the late 90s, you're talking about 2000s, this, this is a like 98, 99, mm-hmm. you know, right at the millennium. So a, a lot of great stuff was happening there. They were in the middle of it. They were hot. Yeah. So... You know, I think if we had, if I had been more, like I I tell guys, man, you got to be ready when you get your shot, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know that I did everything. I just wasn't, I wasn't ludicrous. So ludicrous was, he was right there with it. He was the male version of Missy, right? If you, if he was like, he had the colorful flow, but he had that, he had that, that same bounce as Missy. And I wasn't ludicrous then. I was still, repping hip hop and trying to rap and, and shift on a dime like that just to kind of fit what Missy was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. Hey, cause it was a split between hip hop and pop. Cause you had yeah. the popish hip hop and then you had, you know, the hip hop that we listened to, we listened to the ciphers and, you know, like the radio station you mentioned in Richmond and the Buddha brothers down here. That was the only time you would hear that type of hip hop doing so what those do you, shows. So what do you think what do you think Ludacris falls in that? I don't know. So Ludacris, I think all right, well first of all, while we're since we're speaking of Ludacris, right. I noticed a similarity between your first album and one of his albums. Yeah. And when I was doing the research, I was like, hold up. Word of mouth is Danger Mouth. And he also has an album, Word of Mouth. Right. I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah, I got to run with the homeboy. But I think Ludacris, 
Ludacris does have some fire verses, but Ludacris also, he's a child of radio, too. He was, uh, for a long time, you know, in in hip-hop radio in Atlanta. Right. So I think that kind of helped shape him to be more, what's the word I'm looking for? Commercial. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. To be yeah. a little bit more con- commercial. He understood like, where yeah. it was going. You know, he understood the so audience. I took the time because I knew you was going to come on, and I went back to your first album. And your first album is more boom bapish right. and full of metaphors. I love metaphors. And I can tell the the time that you put into your lyrics where, you know, a couple times you, you got to rewind and be like, hold up, what did he just say? And I appreciate that because to me it's more, like you were saying, backpackish, more hip-hop-ish than, you know, some of the things that I would hear coming out from a ludicrous. And I think because of that, maybe they got a few more opportunities. But far as, you know, like I say, I'm a backpack hip hopper. That's what I would be. And when you were a backpack hip hopper, you kind of went away from the commercial stuff anyway. Yeah, you would. But it was a, everything changed. So it was like, you know, you kind of rap and associate with what's going on at the time or what, what people are doing or, or what you identify with. And hip hop hadn't gotten that blingy until after 95. Bad boy. <laughs> after bad boy. Bad boy. Right. And so people had to, you know, we have a little revisionist. We, we celebrate a lot of things that at the time we weren't totally celebrating if you were a hip hop artist, you know, because the way that the music was, it was like, yo, they, they just shiny suiting and they doing it. You know, it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't hip hop. And it's been different parts which where that is, came up. Which is crazy because if you think about Big, Big was hip hop. But Big yeah. was on a blinged out label. Yeah, it's, it seems crazy to try to go back and make that argument now. Because obviously <laughs> when you go back, but you know, when I, that first album of mine, I'm still proud of it. But I was just, I was doing the production myself. You know, we were doing it ourselves. So I felt like I could just concept it and write the things that would make people have to really give it props, like doing things different, like a strange fruit, a song like that. Bruh, okay, you brought that up. Dope song. Very dope song. When you think about the concepts and the original song, and the whole what was it was that your uncle on the um that's my your grandfather. grandfather your grandfather was on the so that's back when we, when you hip hop records the interludes and the flow of the album meant something because you can close your eyes we didn't always have the videos you yeah know? and in knowing the the story of strange fruit and the story that you told on top of that man hold on where my sounds at where my sounds at. <laughs> that's funny. Right? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and then, you know, it. for you to come out with something so controversial on your first time out, bro, that that took cuts. Well, I was trying to write a first-person account of a lynching, so I was thinking, like, what would be ill is if I was telling the story of being lynched if and it it's was me. You. 
and it's me. So I'm going to just, so it's kind of a matter of fact, and it's been in some textbooks. I like the way that it's been, it's been used and I'm proud of that. The way that the approach was, is just like, you know, they, they drug me, drug me from the back of a truck. You know, they, they strung me up. They broke my teeth out, cut my, they, it was just all of it in the floor. These are things that happened. Like I was just chilling, doing what I was doing. They came and said, I raped somebody. You know, I don't know what they're talking about. It was just really just like, oh snap. And everything that they took me through and being uh, lynched. But at the time, because it was so much gang violence and stuff going on, I did end it on kind of a, you know, we we are, we do have a lot of violence against each other too. And all through that album, like Jack and the Weed Stalk is another one that, you know, to me, is <laughs> one of my favorites that as far as writing is concerned, because I know how many nursery rhymes and stories things went into a different type of story in the end. Huge fan of Slick Rick. So I've always been like real keen on storytelling. Um, true story, I was listening to The Chronic today mm-hmm. and I was thinking about how that influences each album that I did to be cohesive. Because back then, when you listen to a, an album, you'd like, you put it on. Mm-hmm. And you just, it was like watching a movie. Mm-hmm. So that's why the interludes were there. And and now the way that we consume music is different. I don't know. I, the, I think digital, uh, don't get me wrong, I love digital. But when I got a, back in the day, and let me say, it was a tape. When I got my tape back in the yeah. day, I pop it in my Walkman, I would start listening to it, but then I would take out the liner notes. Yeah, and that gave me a lot of my education when it came to music. Like that's how I know who Rod Stapleton is. Rod Stapleton was a white boy from Europe that wrote half of um, Michael Jackson's album um, Thriller, and people don't realize who's who's Rod Stapleton. He was also in the group Heat Wave, and I know that because I used to read the liner notes. And with hip hop, I was always looking for the samples and what the original samples, because then I would go chase down the samples to hear what the original one was. And I missed that because now if you get music, it's a download. You don't have that. You don't know who produced it. You don't you can't chase the history of the music. And that's one of the things that kills me right now. I'm thinking that there's something that's like there's got to be a line in those dot com. I just think that. Oh man, it's probably like I, I'm feeling what you're saying. If there isn't, then we need to go ahead and we need and to make that. <laughs> yeah. Because the joy of reading the liner notes while you're listening to an album, maybe it doesn't happen because now everybody's going to play the single and switch watch between songs. And now it's a playlist driven uh, experience. Mostly. I know when I was younger, I would, get a, I would get the tape, and that'd be a two hour thing. Just going in my room, chilling, listening to the music, and reading the liner notes. Yeah. I think we're yeah. missing out on that on history or knowing where the music comes from. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I would definitely I think it's I think it's useful. Somebody need to do that. What up, Wood? What what? Oh, I see Wood in the house. Pedro in the house. Let's put Wood on screen real quick. Yeah, the 
What, up, what is the what is the reason why I'm tired? <laughs> yeah, it's funny how uh, we go in circles, man. It's a, it's a small community here. Um, me and Wood came up together from elementary school. Like we went to the same church growing up. Yeah, I, I heard. He, he told me a lot about you. Yeah, man. Tell me a lot about you. All right, so we're gonna do one more. Wood, I see you in the comments. So go ahead, put uh, hashtag link in the comments. I'm gonna go ahead and give one more away. I think this time. Should we give away the bracelet or the card? Man, I say give away the bracelet. I don't know if that's if that the is that the the top tier. You got that joint in the blur right now. You got to bring it back close to your face. You know you got that boca on that on that I, camera. You know, know camera you got. <laughs> bring it back to your face. You can't bring it up there. Your camera not going to focus on that. I got to hide because it'll focus on me. Oh, no. Nah. It's not letting me. No, nah, just tell them. Just tell them Google it. Look at Look it up. Look it up. So come on. This is your last time. Put your, put your link in. So they, they got to be on your page, right? Either um, the Facebook page or the YouTube page. Either or. We'll put you in there. Uh-huh. So I let one of them go by. I'm going I'm to go ahead and get on it this time. Come on, get on there, bro. Because I ain't know it was going to be like the lotto and flip, 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 flip. <laughs> yeah, let me come home with one. Hashtag link, right? Yep. L-I-N-Q. All right, I Bam, see you. Now I'm in the game. Now I'm in the game. I see you up in there. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, y'all. Let me start this up. I think we're going to get it. Mason's just a lucky something. You're lucky, bitch. Why Pedro still flipping in there? Ah, look at this that. Is, this is what I tried to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> that is yours, exactly bro. what I was trying to avoid. And I called for the bracelet. That's what I wanted. <sighs> All right, look, come on. We got one more. Let's go ahead and do one more. Yeah. I'm going to give away. Uh, let's go ahead and give away the card. It's, it's card. fixed, man. It's rigged. It's rigged. <laughs> Link card. All right, so you can't win, and Pedro can't win. All right. So let, let's spin it again. Let me grab StreamYard, man. Mm. <laughs> it's suspense. <laughs> Would you get his card, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Hit my DMs. Give me your address. Oh, if you want, I can just somebody else. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. It's fixed. <laughs> it fixes in. Uh, shout out, Wood. <laughs> so while we have you here, let's. I want to talk about your current projects, what you got going on. Because... Bro, you you a little Jamaican up there. Yo, so on my birthday, I released a video. 
I released a video that was me waking up and doing everything that I do and going to sleep in one minute. You know, one of my favorite wow. poems speaks about, you know, if you can feel the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, Booyah uh, Kipling. And that is what I was, I'm doing everything, you know. So after, after all the records, getting married, having kids, you know how that, mm-hmm. you know how that goes. So you got to feed the family. Which, and, by the way, you're a great father, sir. Look, that's a great thing to be, you know. So I don't know. You know, it's, it's fun. And you raise kids up. I don't understand the other side of the game, people that's not yeah. doing that, man. Because you got somebody that comes up, that come from you, look like you. You got to love these kids, man. Take care of these kids. Protect them. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, so, you know, after family and kids, one of the main things you want to do is be able to work and doing things that you love, you know? So doing production for a while, but everything didn't always sustain itself in the music industry and how things move because you got to stay on top of it. I remember when I was making beats, that's when Swiss beats started sending everybody a beat with the hooks. Mm-hmm. And people was like, yo, you got the beat with the hook. And they're looking for, they said, well, his, his boy make the, the album cuts. We need somebody to make the hits. So the game was always forever shifting. So being able to make music for television and film was always a, a good thing. Those syncs to be able to have things that show up in movies and and they need songs like other songs, you know. Yeah, I can do Jay-Z, baby. Let's get on that. I can do that. So right. but but being able to to, you know, we got to work, we gotta support ourselves. So being able to do it with media and arts. I also do graphic design. Uh, photography, videography, everything that's creative. And more than anything, more than a rapper, more than a producer, I'll always claim to be a creative person. Mm-hmm. And whatever means that that comes out is where it comes out. So between now having Maples Media Group, which is the parent company, which does all of the stuff, uh, DJing, that's a love because that's music. But I want to be able to DJ in a fashion where we can make the most make the most money and also be able to have a business where we can function like a DJ company because we have reached the age that we are not just going out to the club trying to have fun and DJ and spin records and have somebody spill a drink on your stuff. No. Nah. <laughs> so I started a wedding company called the Masters of the Ceremony. Mm-hmm. And we have a photo booth company that is MMG Photo Booth, which is for Maples Media Group. So we're a photo booth company. And other than that, everything else falls under Master of the Ceremony. So they might see videos. And, and right now, one of the biggest clients I have is uh, uh, Virginia ABC. Mm-hmm. So, But everything I do is fun, man. Everything I enjoy everything that I do. And I think that's what's important about you know moving on, growing up. We always we all want to pay these bills, uh huh. Oh yeah, Fifty Shades of Mouth. Yeah, that was that was supposed to happen, would. But you know, as most things do, I overcomplicate them because I don't know how to do anything simply, and that has been since I've been making music. But we're gonna get there. So I'm gonna get Wood to to contract. I asked him for it um, to help me in the studio more because he be in the studio way more than me. And I'm sitting in here with this stuff. This is all props. <laughs> look good. Look good back there. Got dust on it though. Good. 
you know so between that and cryptocurrency nfts mm-hmm. and, and stock market hustling i mean we're gonna hook me up because that's where we at right now in life is generational wealth and enjoying every minute of what we do yes sir yes sir i think we should i got one more thing i think we should do this giveaway one more time oh okay i was having I, too much fun with that ex- exactly what you get we just found some over there in the corner to give away i got one more tap okay pedro wouldn't know pedro a black one but i got a white one too okay so let's go hey you get, hey, get what you get don't throw a fit <laughs> <laughs> all right let me get to my other screen here up oh, i'm gonna give you all a couple seconds if you haven't put your your uh this guy with the Muscles, the muscles. Yeah, get out. Go ahead, up Click that. Get out of here. Uh, here we go. Hey, if if Sej Nation don't win, she gonna burn your whole station down. I'm just letting you know that right now. She's <laughs> gonna burn it down. I can see from her profile picture. She's not having it. Some Simone Baptiste. Uh, well, so I can all transparency. SCJ Nation is my son. So the shipping would be real cool with him. <laughs> Who is that? SCJ Nation. That's my son. S- oh, my son. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, all right. Because so they got a hoodie on. Said it was. Yeah, he think he. Uh, he think he. Oh, done. okay. Man, I'm sorry. It, it look, that thing is about. I'm two millimeters big and I'm already old. Can't see on there. So it's like <laughs> some, some, some so Simone, hit me in my DM, hit me in my Instagram. Give me your address. I'm putting all these in the mail tomorrow. Mouth, same thing with you. Same thing with you Wood, and Pedro, man. I really appreciate you coming by and chopping it up with me. Uh, like I said, one of the things I want to do is kind of preserve, you know, the hip hop history that we all share coming up in that same time period. It, it has to be preserved some kind of way. Hey, you know, you, you're taking it on. You've been consistent about this thing right here and, and you jump out there. And that's something that we all respect. I definitely respect it because in order for you to schedule your show, and set your camera up there and to be all extra crispy and 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 have that depth of field on it you know you chose to do that and i appreciate you man props for doing your thing for so long no doubt i'm coming up to richmond hang out with you guys hey please do you know where to come and get in yeah. trouble though i know but i need some trouble it's been a little while <laughs> hey we'll come get in some trouble <laughs> and shout out wood it's gonna be up here soon um let everybody know. Oh, oh, this is how I end out all my episodes. If a young danger mouth came to you and asked you for life advice, what would you give them? Mm. Young danger mouth. Uh, you know, just what I've said on here is to find something that you love to do and figure out a way to get paid doing it because it's, it's a way to keep your life enjoyable. Uh, one thing that I have been fortunate enough to to not feel is that dread of of going to work. And I think I've made it hard for, you know, people to tell when I'm working or when I'm not working. That's what my wife says. She's because I'm on the laptop and I'd be like, yeah, but this is, yeah, but this is me for me. This is for that, you know. So uh, 
you know, I think I would I would say to make sure that, you know, you and you, you follow these things, because even if we are doing things that we don't enjoy, there's opportunities out here to change that. That's something that I always got to remember is that if you don't like it, hey, change it, do something different and run to that that thing that you fear. Because fear will keep you from doing stuff like you could be concerned about your show. Yeah. Keep you from keep you from doing it, man. That fear will keep you from doing it. So just run to that, run to that thing and believe in yourself and get it done. Yes, That's man. all I got. So how can people catch you on the social medias, the websites, the companies? How they can how can they get with Danger Mouth? So look, Danger Mouth on everything at Danger Mouth. That's the Instagram, Facebook. Now the website thing is uh is tricky. But we're going to get back to that because all my websites right now support the businesses. That's the masters of the ceremony. So somebody trying to get married, we, got, we, we definitely got that lined up for you. You need and a we, dope photo booth? need a dope photo booth. Uh, my wife runs that mostly except for the technical stuff when she's having problems. But that's also <laughs> mmgphotobooth.com. So, yeah, check those things out. But... You know, if somebody's out there making beats, you know, the boy don't want me to say this because he's going to try to say, you know. But I do need somebody to push me. Go ahead and send me something. I want to be inspired about it because this, since, uh, rest in peace, Joe Doge, all right, also this year, my uh, one of our artists from up here, mm-hmm. it, preserving that legacy and understanding, like, what you will leave behind. You know, you're talking about word of mouth, super friends, things that are Leah, you know, as Danger Mouth, there's a legacy that has been accumulated. And I feel like that's the one thing that I want to make sure that I come back to is to also find the time to give respect to that, which is what is what does that 50 year old Danger Mouth do? What does he work on? Is he writing a book on poetry? Is he doing podcasts? You know, because all of those things still establish that creative side of what it is that represents you and what would they talk about? What would they say? You know, when it's all said and done. So we're still working on that. Yeah. yeah. Keep working. We keep keep it keep it in the mix. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. You see what's going on for uh, the new the new millennium. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. New when generations. I get it, when I get it up, I I get you the shirt. I'll send you the shirt. Hey, yeah, we're gonna have to change. We're gonna have to trade that merch, bro. Yeah, we'll we'll do it because this one right here, you know, I just pressed this before I came downstairs. I just made it right now. So it's a one on one. Nice. nice. <laughs> it's NFT. <laughs> yeah, NFT, man. We go finish it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Seven Five Seven Renaissance Man. I just got through chopping up with the brother Danger Mouth. Sir, I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming through. Thank you for giving us your time. Um, and I guess we're going to go out with a little bit of this. What? Stay on, bro. I'm going to holler at you in a minute. All right. Peace out. Ladies and gentlemen, 757 in the And we out. Class, 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 class.